Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Business Benchmark Group, and in today's episode of our podcast, we have a very dear friend of ours, Mark Montagna from Alloys International, sharing how to build a high-performance team. Mark is a seasoned professional and has over 20-odd years' experience in building high-performance teams, and specifically around the areas of sales, and, 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 and I guess areas in sales that were very, very competitive. So it's really great listening and awesome listening. I guess, you know, he has been involved in businesses that have gone from $10 million to over $150 million in his tenure as, I guess, the uh, the top dog in sales and, and how it was his journey that ensured that the sales team that came along, which was a significant factor in their growth, was um, always aligned and always at a high performance level. So enjoy the sharing. I guess high performance teams, whether you're in a $150 million revenue business or you're in a $1 million revenue business, is not for the faint heart and it takes a a lot of, I guess, determination and, and 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 human capital, but also emotional intelligence to understand how that could be and should be and ultimately delivered on. So enjoy, and I look forward to your feedback on this one. So Mark Montagna from Alloys. These are the fast facts. Cool. Uh, Mark is a frustrated footy fan. He barracks for Carlton. He would be. Uh, Don Burke. He's a Don Burke wannabe, green thumb, and I've seen some of his backyards, and they, uh, they make my father look uh, very second rate. He's a father of two extremely motivated daughters, and they are. They're brilliant, and they're phenomenal. Um, both of them are phenomenal. He's a lover of all what single malt has to ever offer and finds mediocrity inexcusable. Love that. Sold. <laughs> Mark's current roles include National Sales Manager for Print and Imaging, Senior Leader and Board Member at an organisation called Alloys, which is definitely a benchmark within the industry. He ensures not only constant commercial high achievement, but he's also developing elite winning cultures that support the company values and job satisfaction, and has been doing it on, uh, on, on a very high performing team for uh, almost eight years now. Mark has contributed significantly to sales revenue growth. Um, when, he, when he entered the business, it was, uh, it was hovering at about that $40 million per annum mark, and currently it's at $150 million. And has seen Alloys grow share in the IT specialist distribution market, which is a highly competitive market, not only locally, but globally, parallel importing, exporting, and what have you. But he's seen, um, seen it's Alloys grow its market share into a specialist distribution market which has overall been in decline. He truly believes in the theory that successful outcomes are only ever limited by your own attitude and willingness to achieve. So I want to thank Mark for coming along and sharing, you know, again, part of the journey and some of his, his, his contribution here today is not to say this is how you build teams, but this is how he has seen over many years across many organisations how to build teams. For me, for every one of us that's building teams, this is the epitome of, um, you know, when you bring people onto your, into your business, onto your team, ultimately, um, if you're not viewing them as potential owners in your business, then that's a fundamental flaw. Um, if you're not bringing people onto your team with the perspective of one day this person will lead my business, or maybe um, could be the example of people that will lead my business, then that's a fundamental flaw. You will not build high performance if you don't bring people into your business that are better than you as a business owner. 
And for many of us, we have so many roadblocks around people who are smarter or more experienced, or let's just say are going to earn more by salary than you. And I'm here to say that's not business. That's called a job, right? So Mark Montagna. Thanks, Mark. That's your word, I can't believe you mentioned about Carlton. <laughs> I've known this guy for a long time and um, it was so much pleasure just uh, having a little conversation not so long ago about Carlton and over Collingwood because uh, this little smart ass over here has been giving it to me for too long. But um, we're all good, all good. Um, high performance teams. Um, it's, it's been a real challenge for me over 27 odd years being in the industry that I've been in since um, pretty much the get go that I've been put in a lot of positions where you've got an opportunity to perform in yourself, but then you realise it's not about yourself anymore when you're actually leading a team of people. Um, when you're working as an individual in our business, um, we have a lot of product managers, we have a lot of category managers, um, department heads in, um, in non-sales environments, and the challenge that I think, um, I think they don't realise is that you know, they've only got to look after their own needs. As long as I do my job, okay, I'm fine. Um, Mark, why don't you put me in a management role? I'm really good at what I do. I'm the Judd, I'm the Hodge of what we do in this business. Give me a role where I can further succeed, where I can further take other opportunities. Sure, and we talk about managing teams. But what surprised me over many years is that when you do put those kind of guys in leadership roles, <clears throat> they've never really worked as a team member. They work for their own needs. So then you've got to re-educate. So when I walked into um, Alloys, um, this part here is what I found the most challenging, right? Because it isn't rocket science, <laughs> but it's bloody hard. And I've spoken to some of you uh, just as we came in today, and, and I think it's pretty clear that we all have similar challenges. There isn't anything you're going to hear from me that is going to necessarily rock the boat. Um, but what you've heard from Steph so far uh, this morning, and probably what you're going to get out of what I have to say, it's just the discipline behind um, the, the, the basic things you've got to do as a leader and the basics that your team must execute, okay? Because they all want to be leaders. Challenge is foundation. So it's always been really, really hard. It's been a hard exercise to, to educate in the manner in which I think um, your team members in your teams who aspire to be um, at the top of the food chain have really got to start realising a couple of things. And it's not until you as a leader demonstrate that to them by executing those actual values yourself, um, you can't teach. You've got to live it. And without living it, you're only dreaming. So I don't know how many of you already resonate with um, what little I've said so far. But I think if you think you're, um, for example, you, I had an example before this morning, you, you walk, drive into your car park and you see some rubbish on the floor and other guys are driving into your car park and then you decide, well, I'll just walk over that. It's not for me to pick it up. I'm the boss. I'm the CEO. I'm the GM. I'm a director. Okay, I'm a department head. It's for someone else to worry about. Surely someone in the warehouse can worry about that. Surely someone else who's not me can do the dirty work. Well, you are the dirty work. Okay, you're the cleaner. You're the salesperson. You're the logistics manager. You're everything. 
And if you don't lead, and if your team don't see you leading from something simple like just picking up a piece of paper off the floor when you know it shouldn't be there in the first place, or a box that you walk past every day that you know everyone's tripping over, forget about it. You will not lead your teams to high performance. And Steph really stressed upon that this morning. Um, I could go on, but I won't. I'll just get on to the next slide. The next slide is more about, guys, is what we're talking about, the traits that I think are really important to me and have been really important to the business. When I joined about eight years ago, I walked into an organisation that had so much success, so much success in, in distribution. Um, at that time, they weren't trading internationally. It was all local distribution in IT products and print products. We're, we're basically the, um, the print and imaging specialists in Australia. We're, we're the leading distributor in Australia for those products. And we've merged into other growing markets that hold you know, growth, profit, and cash flow opportunities for our business that we delve into our clients. I'm thinking, oh, this is great. So an ex um, good friend of mine who uh, we both worked at Fuji Xerox Printers, um, who's now the CEO and, and partner in the business, Paul said, Mark, please, I know you're leaving Fuji. Um, would you look at coming to Alloys? And I, um, Alloys were a, a distributor for Fuji Xerox printers, and I just said, there's no bloody way I'm going there. And he was a little miffed. So what's your problem, Mark? Well, you guys are slack. Um, your service levels are pretty poor. Um, there are third-rate companies out there that do a much better job than Alloys, and you want me to run this place here for real? Said, I've done enough hard work in my years, I'm not going to that environment. They said, Mark, um, you're not going to get paid the most, okay? Um, I can't guarantee you you'll have a flash car. I can't guarantee that um, there are accolades that are going to come your way that's going to be pretty nice and easy. What I'm going to guarantee you is that you'll be so busy for the next 20 years, you'll never think about leaving. You'll be so motivated to, uh, to um, enabling people to really exercise their talent, not just have it, but exercise it and execute, um, I need you in the business. So talk me into it. And I joined, and it was a disaster. I kid you not, you're all looking at me like I'm, I'm a bit of a freak show here, but um, it was a disaster. Um, leaders of the business, the actual business owners, the founder, his two sons, had no clue about leadership. They knew how to manage money. They knew how to arrange um, buying opportunities with our vendors. They were, in some cases, second-rate arrangements, not arrangements that put us first class. And then the staff. I walked into 32 staff members um, who, when they saw me dressed up in my monkey suit, and they were in jeans and t-shirts and thongs. Um, so what the hell is he doing here? Oh my God, this guy's gonna have rules. He's gonna have expectations. What are we gonna do now? And so um, in a way to cut a long story short, everything you said, Steph, is just the backbone. If you truly believe you want your businesses or in your role as a leader in the business, you want it to forge ahead. Because if you think otherwise to what we've learned here, what we've learned here, you are kidding yourselves. You're making a lot of hard work for yourself. So you can take up a lot of this advice and take up the stories that you'll hear in these M500 meetings and you'll, you'll soon realise that 
Um, you know, there's no rocket science that I showed before. It's just hard work and it's a commitment to the disciplines behind being able to talk about the disciplines and place those expectations on the table and then execute. Um, mediocrity is born on not knowing what the hell you're there for and what you're going to achieve and in looking at your leaders and seeing the same thing in them. So a lot of my work was basically based on um, realigning not my sales team and the guys in and around them. Um, I have a lot of people who are direct reporting to me in dotted line but realign the actual owners of the business. And so Paul Harmon and myself, um, we worked with worked extremely hard over the last eight years, uh, particularly the first five years, realigning the actual guys who pay the bills, let alone their team. So some of the traits I was, uh, I was looking at um, that I've realised over the, the, the period here at Alloys um, that I think is really important to success are the following. And um, you've, you've all heard them before. Now, Steph, you touched on some of these traits um, a moment ago. But urgency, I interviewed one young lady who worked for a competitor of ours. And I said, what are you doing here? We have a week of induction when they're employed in Melbourne. She was based in our Sydney office. I said, what are you doing at Alloys? She said, what do you mean? You're supposed to give me induction, Mark. I am. What are you doing here? I don't understand why you're here at Alloys. Well, I want a new career and I worked at a, you know, this competitor. I won't mention who they are. And You know, I, I need change. I said, okay, well, we can give you change. What's that change? So we went through that conversation piece. So we, I spent an hour with her running through our core values, running through our expectations, what those core values are supposed to deliver. And she was there from Monday to Friday. It was about three months ago. Come the Friday, she left to catch a cab to go back to the airport and go home. And I said, well, how'd your week go? Um, Mark, I was, um, I'm just astounded. Oh my God, this is going to be a lot of work. Okay, well that's table stakes, right? Um, what advice can you offer me, Mark? Because I'm now going to go to Sydney, I have to learn new systems, ERP systems and, and customers and how do I find them, how do I, how do I locate them and what's on my commission plan and all these kind of questions. I said, don't worry about any of that. All I want you to do is drive a lot of urgency in what you're doing because right now, from the very get-go, I don't think you have any urgency about you. So I said, so these are some of the principles I think you can apply to your job that's going to help you achieve a long-term career at Alloys. She was gone within two months. She went back to where she came from. Because they're the standards you've got to set for your business. Okay, because it was, real, um, it was a real eye-opener. When we all found out she went back to her previous company, I thought, well, they're pretty successful, they're huge. They turn over millions and millions of dollars a month in turnover in print and IT, or particularly IT product. One of HP's largest distributors in Australia. Surely they've got high expectations. Surely their workload is measured upon capability and measured upon staying beyond the drift. Getting results beyond the drift, that means you've got to be at that next level. And so it was a lesson to all of us that, you know what, at Alloys we, we do have pretty high standards. So urgency was a real key factor and I identified it really, really quickly. And then it came to this. It's the willingness. The only thing that's holding anyone back is just up here. Okay, we can all pick up a shovel. We can all pick up a pen. We can all pick up a phone. No matter what that means. Some of us make a choice not to be willing. 
It's not because we can't. Okay, because you're in a role, you're expected that in that role you can, you can perform in your role. So willingness is a real key factor to um, a lot of examples I have in my business of guys who don't have the education, guys who don't even have the training, who are my leading salespeople in the business nationally. There's one guy, he's um, a Serbian young boy, and uh, I've taken him under my wing, and he came into our business as a sales support guy, and um, he's been trumping our uh, month of, uh, rep of the month for the last 12 months. He's either in the top two or he wins it. Okay, based on revenue and based on profitability. So he understands about growth and he understands about margin. And the implications that it has to our business for our cash flow and the implication that it has for our clients for their cash flow. So that's a willingness that he's proven that he's been able to achieve some real great success. But willingness just to get off your ass and learn and execute and take the lessons from the people who know more who have more experience, it's no rocket science. It's a basic principle if you're willing to choose. Okay, be always listening. Have you seen the, um, the movie, um, it escapes me, I only saw it for the first time or a little clip on YouTube, you know, be always closing. Be always closing. Well, listening is the same thing. It's like closing off on information you receive and then you actually use it. Okay, so the guys in the team, whenever we have sales meetings, we have um, a start of the month sales meeting every month, and then we have a third week of the month sales meeting. And so what it actually enables us to do is to um, execute what we are educating, what the team we feel they're listening, and when they're not listening, like right now in the crowd, I can see there's about four or five of you that are going, oh my God, how long is this gonna go for? Um, listening is the key because what little snippet you get out of my presentation, what little snippet you'll get out of what Steph had to say this morning and anyone else is presenting, guys, um, you're not going to absorb everything. Okay? Take notes. Not many of you are writing down a hell of a lot. Because you're not going to remember it all up here. Okay? You are going to forget. But you will resonate with the stuff that's really important to you that you feel you have deficiencies in your own business. And that's one of them that I think we have a lot of uh, concerns in a lot of businesses about that factor. Forever curious. Okay, now I, what I relate this to is more about the selling process. Okay, I've got guys in mind that say, Mark, I've got a commission plan and I've just missed my 90% of plan and can you help me get over the line? No, I can't. Why do I need to help you get over the line? If you're not selling at about 90% of your plan, the vendors that I'm invested in don't pay me bloody rebates. In our industry, we thrive off rebates. Upfront margin does only, only, only barely pays the rent. So we have commission plans that are based on minimum performance. And if we get our guys to perform at that level, which 18 months ago they were performing at 70% of plan, so I retweaked the plan. Um, everyone's performing, uh, we have a sales team of 22 between category managers and salespeople, outside of our sales support guys, our average plan close is 126% of plan, right? Because we don't cap commission plans, right? So it incentivizes them to get that. But you know what? Unless they get to 100% of plan, they don't get paid the linear number. 90 to 100%, they only get paid 90%. Because it's mediocre to say, 99% of plan, I'll pay you 99% of your, uh, your comp plan. No, you'll get to 100%. 
but anything over 90 to 99, you're only going to be paid 90. I don't want 90% planned performance. That's mediocre. So when it comes to planned performance, um, Curious means if you want to get over your plan, call your customers and know them better than your competitors. Call your clients, know them better than their own staff know the business. Know about their verticals, know about the sectors they, they invest in, teach them about cash flow, profit and growth. They want to stick in the commodity product, move on. But before you move on, ask some fundamental questions that keep on driving an interest in opportunity. And so that's why we, um, we spend a lot of time, a lot of time talking, have you qualified? Where's your strategic account plan? And again, you touched on, Steph, about the disciplines behind your teams. You know, you might have some guys you might need to fire, right? Or you don't want to fire guys. They fire themselves, it's true. You perform, performance plan them, not so they do exit the business, because you've invested in them. Why do you want to get rid of them? They might not be performing at the level, that's fine. So give them strict KPIs, give them strict performance indicators. That through that curiosity, they've got a better chance of achieving. They're just running a mediocre um, opportunity of uh, their relationship, particularly in a sales environment with their clients. So I am referring it to sales, but it crosses over other boundaries. Um, I'm taking a bit long, Steph, so I'll move on a little bit. Relentless, okay, relentless. I mean, you heard this guy this morning. Oh my God, if he took a breath, I'd be surprised, right? You should have been black and blue by now. <laughs> Because from my point of view, it is about relentless um, messaging and it's about relentlessly um, executing really good habits. Okay, because if you don't, um, I can tell you, it is, it, how long is a piece of string? Okay, you never stop. Because once you've stopped achieving, once you've stopped being a lot more curious, once you've stopped being, um, you know, willing and, and, and driving urgency and all these all this traits, okay, you're in trouble. Okay, so relentless energy is, is a max need in your business with your staff. To the point where they come in your office every day asking questions. And maybe not the same question all the time because then you've got, you know, you've got some other education to worry about. Mark, how do I do this? Mark, who should I talk to? Mark, I have a problem. How can you help me solve this? Mark, I have a problem. Here's my solution. Can you vet that solution to see whether that's going to work or not? And I get that every single day. And when I don't get it, I worry. Okay, um, moving on. You've got the staff, you know the traits, and you say to yourself, what am I going to do? I've got to educate these guys to the point of performance. So um, I'm just carrying some cards, um, some final points I do want to discuss. When you're feeling in this state of mind, right, the bubble's just about to burst. And we haven't, I haven't seen your press, right, but it's just no surprise. Because we all feel like that. You've got really good people in the business and you know, you know what, um, I've taught them all these things, you know, I've, I've given them a little snippet about all the little things they have to do. But you know, there's always one or two. There could be four or five. There could be guys that you're thinking, oh my God, you know, really, should, I, should I get rid of them? But I haven't fired anyone in eight years. In eight years, I've had no need to actually say, see you, Charlie, here's your third warning. See you, Charlie, no good. 
You're no good for the business, no good for yourself. Go ahead and get another job. Um, I've got one guy in my business who's been with us for 15 years. He's in our Sydney branch. Um, he started as a warehouse guy, moved up to sales. He's a category guy. He's been mediocre for the last three years. And I say that with great disappointment because that's when he was, um, that's when we got a Sydney branch manager in our Sydney branch, um, managing logistics, sales and administration. And then that person, unfortunately, is not probably cutting the mustard as well as we'd like. And that's the challenge when you have interstate locations, you know. Um, you try and hire like for like. You try and educate like for like, particularly when you're basing it on high performance. Um, but it does become a real challenge. I think, uh, to answer your question though, um, they will fire themselves. You've just got to stick to the principles. You've got to stick to the KPIs. Stick to the measurements, okay, that are really important. That will clearly define whether they're meeting their KPIs or not. And you've got to badger them. Badger them professionally, be strong, inspiring and supportive, but you've got to badger them. Because as soon as you walk through the corridor and you're going, oh, that guy, I should speak to him. I haven't spoken to him for like three days, really. He knows I know and I know he knows, and he knows that I know I should talk to him. But if he knows I should talk to him and I'm not talking to him, then he knows that I'm no good. So Mark, if Mark's no good, well, I can be no good. And that's just a reality. So you've got to be brave enough, guys, to, to really put the hammer on, okay? Um, just, uh, look, I'll run through this a little bit quicker because I am taking up a lot of time, Steph. Um, as far as our, we have a vision and we have a mission, okay? Um, that's our vision. Um, I'm not going to read it out. You can, you can just read it because it's not really that important as far as what it necessarily means to you, but it means a hell of a lot to me. Okay, key words like world, best specialist distributor in the world, why, why should it be in Australia? Why should it be in Melbourne or a state? If you want to be the best and not actually put a definitive understanding as to what that means, just being the best means just being the best. So don't use motherhood statements or sweeping statements like that if you really don't mean it. And you've got to live it. And it attracts to who we're actually supporting, our suppliers and our customers. Our suppliers feed us. Poor supply chain is a poor business. Poor customer base, poor foundation, okay, is a poor business. Okay, you can't pay your bills. You can't employ people. You can't even look after yourself. So you've really got to be quite um, obsessed with being the best. But I hear it all the time. Mark, I just want to be the best. I have a, a, a sales manager or a branch manager in South Australia and he uses a lot of sweeping statements. Now this guy's um, a storeman basically, he's now managing our whole operation there because we trust him. We trust him emphatically. I mean I could go right there, dump about a million dollars in cash right in front of him and say, Cole, can you just look after that for me mate? And not talk to him for five years and that cash would be somewhere I'll say, Carl, I need the five mil back. Can you just help me out here? All right, two seconds flat, I'll, I'll have the money back. So it's not all about education and it's not all about um, talent or necessarily skill. He just fits all those traits himself, the willingness, the curiosity, urgency, so on and so forth. So as far as I'm concerned, um, 
He exudes being the best specialist distributor in the world, most valuable to our partners, because he simply, um, every sales meeting, every piece of communication uh, that comes out of that guy is awe-inspiring. But I've had to teach him to stop using motherhood statements. I said, just live it. Don't just talk about it, live it. And um, they're the kind of guys in your business that you need. Um, who doesn't have a vision in their business? I've written down vision. One, we have one over here. Anyone else? Two. Some not maybe brave enough to say so. No. Um, it's really important, guys. You, you staff your team. You, you need to know where you're going and how important it is to whom and why. Vision is inspiring. So if you don't have a vision, get one. And, and you've got a guy over here who can help you with that. Um, sorry, Armin. Yeah. Um, it's really, really important. Your team need to know whether you have one person in your business, whether you have a thousand, they need to know where you're going. It's really, really important. Um, and that's taken us um, the last three years to develop, admittedly. Um, that was actually our mission and our vision in one. Um, so give you an idea what our mission looks like. It doesn't quite look like that, but it sounds like that. Um, what we try and do with our mission is try and describe our core values of our business. Okay, flexibility, relationships and knowledge. Um, because they all draw an outcome for our clients. Okay, everyone has core values. Okay, that, 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 that is the foundation of what you need everyone to be living and what you should be living as an example. Um, but it's nice, you know, flexibility, relationships and knowledge, that they're our core values. Nice to say it, but do you live it? In every opportunity, every phone call, every conversation, internal, external of the business, with your banking guys, when they come into the business, you want them to understand it. When your logistic suppliers come in and they talk to you, you want them to feel that, oh my God, these guys are really good at these things. But what does it mean tangibly and commercially? Because we talk a lot of, a lot of anecdotes about um, behaviours, but at the end of the day, we're all a business. We generate income, we generate profits, and we provide a future for lots of families. Okay, so what does it tangibly mean for our customers? I have Craig over there, he's from a buying group, and thanks for coming Craig. Um, and his buying group um, is made up of hundreds of SMB businesses in office products. And we're consistently educating them about profit, cash flow and growth, because that's what our core values are meant to deliver. Because if they don't deliver profit, cash flow and growth, the values mean absolutely nothing. Because that's what feeds our business. We deliver that, we receive it back. So really important to have a mission. Um, and if you don't have one, get one. And if you have one, consistently refine it until you're satisfied. Don't just put up a, a vision and or a mission if, it's not, if it doesn't eat at your heart. It's not something that you firmly believe in. Um, okay, I'm gonna move on. What does that look like to you? Spot on. What has changed in that picture? Technology. Yeah. Drive comfort. <coughs> yep. Just improvement. That's right. So you're, you're all right. You're, you, you know exactly what that is. But there's one thing that hasn't changed. Can you tell me what that is? 
Yeah, it's round, right? It's a wheel. It's a wheel's a wheel. Now, 3,500 BC was when we came up with that. But it was only about 300 years ago that um, that was actually used as a wheel in vehicles, for example, chariots and so on and so forth. So it's, it's, an, it's unbelievable when you have all this goodness. And they used to use it as more of a cog, right, rather than as a wheel. They didn't actually invent it as a wheel of a vehicle. It was a cog, right? But you know what? It's a lot of knowledge for a long time before we started actually using it as a wheel. So when it's right underneath our nose, and I've got a big one, um, you still don't pick it up. You need others to come along and say, you know what, I'm curious, and I'm willing to think outside the box. So the interesting thing about that is that this is where high performance ends, but it doesn't end there. Who knows what the hell a wheel's going to look like? in another generation. So how long is a piece of string? It's bloody long. So when I look at this environment here, I'm thinking that was really bloody mediocre. You've got guys who are using it as a cog for Christ's sake. There are some pictures in Google that are hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. There's these two Neanderthals. They're pulling a, a chariot and it's got square wheels on them. And they're pulling it and they, they're exhausted. And, they're, and, and the chariot's full of rocks. Then you've got this other Neanderthal sitting behind him with a round wheel. <laughs> Guys, I've got an easy way for you to do it. And it's a similar thing like in business, right? Okay, sometimes things stare us right underneath our noses and we, we don't understand that it just comes down to the real basics and taking the time to breathe and understand what those basics are. So from my point of view, um, <laughs> There's a thing called, um, that I use in my sales meetings, which, is, um, which actually does, does resonate with the team. When you do look at the basics, that's when you get exceptionally well at it, right? But you've got to do it every time, every day, without fail, no exceptions. If you're going to write anything down, if you're going to remember anything, and anything that I've said today, I would just write that down. Do the basics exceptionally well every time, every day, without fail, no exceptions. Because if your team don't live that, and if you don't live that, okay, then you won't get the basics right. So we're trying to be all sophisticated and fancy with all these opportunities that we're trying to lock in by using a lot of terms Steph uses because he's quite educated in this space. You know what, I'm, you know, I'm not that enamored with big words myself sometimes. I'd rather just try and break it down and dumb it down a little bit, particularly to my team. But don't get the basics right. You've you got no hope. But to get the basics right, you've got to be relentlessly driving it, okay, in every opportunity that you have. Um, just a little bit about our business. Um, look, this is a little bit about credibility. So I'm hoping I haven't come across at all today that uh, resounds with you that this guy, geez, how did he get this gig? Um, but eight years ago, we were only about 40, 45 mil. Okay, it was a real concern for the business. We weren't generating enough revenue. Our client base was pretty poor. Okay, it wasn't wide and deep enough. Um, look, we only had one um, head office was in Melbourne and we had one sales office in Sydney. Now we have four around the country that are all showrooms, DCs, distribution centres and sales centres. So we've evolved um, through our successes. But 40 mil in eight years, we've turned it into 140, 150 mil. 
This year we, we potentially could be on target for closer to 160 mil. Um, we are growing year on year over 20%. Now it's not because we're gurus. Maybe you might refer to Steph as a guru, because I do. Because there's always that constant learning outside of what I learn internally within the business and what I read. It's just good practices. But it's being principled enough to drive your, um, your teams accountably, okay? KPIs, stick to them. Don't walk past and say I should talk to him like I mentioned before. Talk to the person. These are the expectations, you're not meeting them. What are we gonna do about it? So that's how we've achieved that. Um, it's been a lot of hard work and will continue to be a lot of hard work. And um, we have a lot of ambitious goals over the next five years. Um, we're actually moving to a larger premises again in Melbourne in the next uh, 12 months, which Craig, mum's the word. Um, it's all about uh, growth. Because if we, you know, we're delivering that, okay, if you deliver that, okay, through all the principles that you've learned, keep on investing in the business. You've got no problem. Um, just, a, just a little thank you guys. Um, I've put that little picture there purely and simply because the view is great. Because when you start seeing the successes, you know, you really start to get some self-satisfaction. And you feel like you're achieving, you're getting somewhere. Because that hard work, it needs to be paid off. You know, you're looking at staff going, guys, I'm going through, you know, I really should be firing you. I'm going through all this heartache for your benefit, for your career opportunities. So um, I, I think at the end of the day, that satisfaction um, is going to give you those ingredients to hit those basics exceptionally well every time, every day, without fail. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. So Mark, just, just come back here, we'll open it up for a bit of Q&A because uh, you, you have um, accepted the fact that you did go a little bit over time, but uh, it's, it's always good to hear it from um, people on the ground and um, from my perspective, every one of us in this room that's growing a business and, and or in a senior position in someone else's business, and there's nothing wrong with that because the mere facts are that, you know, almost nine out of 10 people in the world that are in an adult space work for someone else. So there's nothing wrong being on someone else's team <laughs> as long as it's going somewhere. So I'll just, a, a couple of questions from me, um, and just, just in case someone, people in the room didn't, didn't see it because it wasn't part of. So Alloys in 2016 has 92 team members, four offices and distribution centres, four demonstration facilities, 33 years in business and three sales divisions. That's the business that just uh, spoke to us. And, and Mark's a significant contributor and influencer and, and, and driver within that business. And he's not a business owner. Um, but I dare to say the people who started uh, Apple are no longer here either. But that business is still going places. So at some point you need to think about legacy. And, and I want to go there. I guess, you know, you talk about 20%, double digit growth year on year at that level is, is definitely something that's benchmark and outstanding. When you think about legacy, and, and you know, you're at an age where you know, your, your chapters are not finished, your book is not finished, your, um, your, your story is definitely alloys and you're leaving a great chapter in that book, where do you see legacy as far as not just alloys but building a business of this type, where do you see legacy fitting in to the equation or into the higher level at board level? Where do you see that playing a role? Um, Steph, I think with, without the right principles, Guys, a legacy can actually be an impediment to the business. Um, 
The legacy that I had when I walked into the business eight years ago, Steph, um, was a legacy of mediocrity, right, from, from board down. And uh, that legacy, when you're fighting through that, can only be born on a re-education, but it's got to be top down. But on the other hand, legacy of information, legacy of knowledge, um, legacy of some good practices that you build on um, can be also a challenge as well because um, you know times change, people change, expectations change. And just quickly, uh, Steph, we're just talking at the front there before earlier uh, this morning, um, who rules with an iron fist in their business? No one. Yeah, that's what I expected to hear. We, we probably smirk and sort of giggle a little bit, you know, because we may resonate with a bit of that, right? And that's how we were brought up. But um, things change. So uh, sometimes legacy can, can, can be an impediment. Any, any questions in the room? You said you got 92 staff and you're <clears throat> talking about not, not walking past and not having spoken to someone for three days. Yep. So how do you actually go about achieving that personal touch with 92 staff across three states? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, we have a, a leadership team in the business. And one thing I didn't mention, there's 12 of us in a leadership team from um, outside the founder, uh, directors of the business and senior managers. <clears throat> We've had three opt out in the last three years because high pressure, high expectations and high deliverables. Um, but each of those has a flavour into admin, logistics, sales, so on and so forth. Um, so they share the load as far as expectations are concerned and how we drive them. Um, but we've also started last year a leadership development team, which is a second tier team. Okay, and they're the guys on the floor. They're the salespeople. They're, they're the logistic, you know, warehouse guys, um, account receivable guys. Um, they've been hand-picked because we see those traits in them. Okay, and so between the leadership team, between a, a development leadership team, um, it, it has a massive impact. Leave it up to one person, one CEO, one director, someone and so forth, it's not enough. Okay, you don't have all the answers and, and you may, maybe somewhere down the line you're not relating to everyone the right way. Um, so it's really been really good for our business. It's really developed um, the kind of guys that when they see poor behaviour on the floor or whatever it may be, um, you hear them in the corridors, they, they're educating guys before the lunchroom saying, man, oh, I heard that conversation you had with Steve, one of our clients. Um, that was shit. Why didn't you learn from that conversation we had in the sales meeting last Friday? Okay, that's not the way we approach clients in that situation. Or it could be the way the guys are picking and packing slowly. Okay, for God's sake, if Mark can come out in the warehouse and pack a box quicker than you guys have been doing it for the last 10 years, we've got problems. So they take it to one another. It's just about authentic communication and being strong with that authentic communication as well. Yeah. So you spread the load yep. versus being one, that's tears all the way through, clusters. The, 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 best, uh, the best, I guess, evidence suggests that the best numbers are about seven. Seven would be the best numbers that you can manage as an individual. Yep. And you've got to be thinking about cluster, uh, cluster uh, grouping, cluster coaching, cluster structures within an organisation, regardless of industry. Um, one more question, guys. One more question, anybody? Yep. Yeah, I am. Sam? I am a sales manager at some manager's small team. had a comment to me about management. She said that you're either born with it or you're not, because I was asking about education. And um, 
No. Throw that shit out the window. That that that's rubbish, and no offence. But that's that's. Um, and I'm just being honest. And uh, you know, as look, we don't have a great relationship. Um, I'm new here, but authentic communication generally comes with with you know um, a better relationship. But I, I'd be happily say that is it, bring that person here today. Next time to an M500, bring them along. Is what I can suggest because it's um, it doesn't work that way. Totally agree. Totally agree. Everyone, as human beings, as long as we're open to it, right? As long as we're open to it, we get to understand our strengths, our weaknesses. There's not one person in this room that's exactly the same as another person. There'll be characteristics and traits, but the combination, we're all different DNA. But the one thing we do have, and we have the power as human beings, is open to more learning. How long can you learn for, Sam? Until you die. So, you know, as long as you're open to that, and, you know, my, my mentors over many years have taught, you know, if you want to really, really, really enjoy what the top shelf in life has to offer, you've got to stand on the books that you read and the education that you take in and ultimately practice and learn from. See, it's the pursuit of excellence, not the pursuit of perfection. That's the difference. It's up to us as individuals how our fingers on the dial, you know, play with the tenacity around that one. Good, good question. Um, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. And as a gift on behalf of all of us here today, just really want to thank you uh, for coming along and sharing. And again, you know, um, if, if there was just one final question, particularly for the smaller businesses in the room who are looking at hiring their first or maybe their second A grader, in 10 words or less, what do you think they need to be doing about that? Follow the traits shown on the board. Um, but remember, A graders employ A graders. Okay, B and C graders employ like for like. A graders don't aren't afraid of success, of people being successful, even paid more. Um, they just want success. Um, but follow the five traits. I think you'd be pretty safe. Good on you. Thank you so much. Round of applause. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakas and welcome back. And uh, just phenomenal listening to Mark and, and, and his sharing there regarding the critical traits. I guess, you know, for 2019 at Business Benchmark Group, and, and, and specifically as we're gearing up for our initial Your Profit Blueprint event in a couple of weeks' time, rigor and continuous improvement is front and centre in terms of the theme for 2019. I think it's going to take a phenomenal level of, of, of tenacity and non-negotiable BS in terms of we are not allowing that to turn up as far as the success and the continuation for our business, your business, and any business that's going to get through the next 12 to 18 months. I just love where uh, you know Mark. Mark's talking about not walking about, not walking past the things that you, I guess, don't accept. You know, when you think about your values, your 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 vision, your your ability to be really relevant for your customer base, and and being as relevant to them as you need to be. You cannot afford to have passengers on your team. And what I mean by that is, if you have a team that doesn't have that self, I guess, uh, motivation, that self-awareness when it comes to what is your tenacity level, what is your whatever it takes level, what is it the best I can be level, what is it that I'm going to do at a higher level today level, if you don't have that within your team, then I feel that you could be carrying passengers that could be the dead weight that ultimately gets in your way. So whether you have a high-performance team in sales, a high-performance team in operations, or a high-performance team in the finance part of your business, I'm going to 
to share with you. You cannot afford to have anyone other than being in any role, being responsible for everything that goes on in your business that is not high performance. You cannot afford to not have a high performance team in 2019 and beyond. I'm Stefan Kazakas, Business Benchmark Group, where rigor and continuous improvement for the whole team with integrity front and centre being the flag that is waved and delivered and congruent to is the only way to be. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.